And as been mentioned also this evening, we'll be looking at Psalm 119, which we've been looking at when I do the devotion slash sermonette slash sermons, whatever you would call these, um, for quite a while. And we're going to be looking tonight at the 14th stanza of the psalm, each stanza having eight verses. So we'll begin with verse 105 in the psalm and go through verse 112. And again, I believe there are some wonderful things that are easy to miss but wonderful to discover in this passage. Let me read the passage and lead us in prayer, and then we'll look at what the Lord has for us tonight. Psalm 119, verses 105 through 112. This is the ESV. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I have sworn an oath and confirmed it to keep your righteous rules. I am severely afflicted. Give me life according to your word. Accept my free will offerings of praise, O Lord. And teach me your rules. I hold my life in my hand continually, but I do not forget your law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, but I do not stray from your precepts. Your testimonies are my inheritage forever, for they are the joy of my heart. I incline my heart to perform your statutes forever to the end. Now there was a man who lived in the um, 1700s. Many of you are familiar with Jonathan Edwards. He was a brilliant theologian, philosopher, preacher. But he had another characteristic in his writings, especially certain writings, and that is that he looked at the heart of men, and he looked at what constitutes true virtue, and what pleases God in the heart of his people. And he wrote a book, Religious Affections, and in it, he made one statement that he, people have often clung to. And the statement is this, true religion in great part consists of holy affections. True religion in great part consists of holy affections. And that statement I believe, is so applicable to our passage tonight. 
Because without affection for the word of God, the psalmists, the psalmist would have been hopeless. And this stanza would have been written in vain. And the main point I believe that we can take away from these eight verses is that only affection for the Bible produces genuine devotion to the Bible. Only affection for the Bible produces genuine devotion to the Bible. It's crucial that we hold on to that, that we live by that, and we see it throughout this psalm. Your testimonies are my delight. They are my counselors, the psalmist says. I will lift up my hands to your statutes which I love. This is my comfort in my affliction that your word has revived me. And we, it's filled with statements. We just, in the previous stanza, read a set of verses that begins with, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. And see, we see throughout this psalm that only affection for the Bible produces genuine devotion. So tonight, very briefly, we'll look at the reasons for the psalmist's affections, the context for those affections, and the fruit of his, these affections. What difference did they make? So let's look at the, reason, the reasons for why the psalmist cared so much about this book. And as I say virtually every time, the reason the psalmist had any affection for this book is because of his affection for its author. And we can't lose sight of that or we will be Bible worshipers. When you read the psalm, it's a conversation. You, me, I, them, they, you, me, your where the psalmist is talking to his God and worshiping his God. He loved his God and he loved the things God said. So let's first look at why. Why would he have this affection? Well, I think that there are a couple of reasons at least. First, there's the illumination that it provides the illumination it provides. We see this in verse 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Now let's think about this for a moment. The psalmist is saying... This book keeps me going a certain direction and it enlightens my ways and my path. Now we might stop there and say, nice, I'm glad that you have a path to walk on in following the Lord. 
But this goes far deeper than that. Let's say the light gets turned off. Well, in the psalmist culture, what was it? It was a culture filled with idols. It was a culture in which all kinds of horrific practices would have been occurring, whether the author is David, Ezra, Daniel, or someone else. The context was still wickedness. And even as Tim mentioned today regarding Abraham, what would that psalmist have become? A pagan idolater. And what if he, would he have any hope? He would have no hope at all. And soon he might become like a man described by Paul who spent his life in wickedness and envy, hateful, hating one another. That's the kind of man this psalmist would have become without the enlightening word of God. He wouldn't know where to go, who to worship, what to do with himself. So the fact that he had this word of God as a lamp and a light made all the difference for him. Because what did it do? It revealed the God of the Bible As he considered this book, he discovered the true God. And as he considered this book, he discovered the will of God, which is so much more delightful than that which was all around him. And as he discovered the truths of this book, he would find so much more contentment that he would have found if he would have been groping for hope and meaning, just like we heard today. What do we like if we ignore that glorious gospel? We grope around trying to figure out what to hope in. So that was one of the reasons that he had such affection for the Bible. It was the illumination it provided. And the next reason that, that we see is the blessing, the blessings, I should say, it contains. And we see that in verses, verse 111, where he writes, oops, sorry, um, 111, where he writes, Your testimonies are my heritage forever, for they are the joy of my heart. That's the key to the whole psalm, is God's testimonies were a joy to his heart. He loved them. <clears throat> now, by testimonies... Um, We're not just talking rules, commandments. We're talking about the whole Word of God, all that He had available. Now, think about it. I had not, I just hadn't thought of this as much until Greg began preaching from Genesis. Think about the story of Joseph, the narrative. 
not not just the the the, the words, the commandments um, that that came from God, but his testimonies, the story of redemption that began. Well, what would have helped and encouraged and delighted this psalmist? He was in a place, as we'll see in a minute, where people were after him, where people despised him, where he was suffering rejection constantly in whatever form that took. Well, who else experienced that? We've just been reading about him. Joseph did. This would have been a glorious and helpful encouragement for the psalmist as he remembered God's sovereign work in Joseph's life so that he could even end his life saying, you meant it for evil, God meant it for good. He had many testimonies in God's word that he could hold on to. He had promises he could hold on to. You know that verse that we um, we often bring to, to our minds, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you, in Hebrews 13.5? Well, you know what? That verse comes out of Deuteronomy. It comes out of the law. It was a promise to God. Do not be afraid. I'm there. I will never leave you or forsake you. So that's why those are the reasons he had such affection for God's word. How about the context, though? In in what context did he find himself? Well, there are two things that I would suggest. One is very severe affliction, and the second was pending danger. Very severe affliction and pending danger. In verse 107 we read, I am severely afflicted. Give me life, O Lord, according to your word. He was severely afflicted. And not only that, but there was danger all around them. Whatever form that had taken, the wicked have laid a snare for me. But I do not stray from your precepts. You know, when we go, as wonderful as they are, to Bible conferences, and they can be so helpful, we go away so committed to the Word of God. And it is our affection, and we love it to bits. That is not the context in which the psalmist makes the statements he does about God's Word, and it being the joyful, the joy of his heart. No, he makes them these statements in the context of being severely afflicted. That could have been within his own heart because of sin. It could have been in his spirits because of the downcast constant or the downcast feelings that he felt by constantly being provoked by people and provoked by people as they 
sought his harm. He could have been very, very downcast, very weak. And we know that feeling sometimes of just feeling exhausted mentally because of troubles. Who knows the reason, but we certainly know what it feels like. So not only was he severely afflicted, as I mentioned, but he was in great danger. Many of our brothers and sisters around the world are in the same danger. People are after them. They can't even worship in their homes, except by doing so in secret. Even in our lives, there are people who simply are disgusted with us because we are Christians. And though we're not physically in severe danger or anything like that, we still know the experience of rejection and being alienated. So that was the context in which the psalmist expressed this holy affection for the word of God. And let's look lastly then at the fruit. What was the fruit of the psalmist's affection for scripture? We've we've looked at the um, reasons, at the context. Now what was the fruit? It was lifelong devotion. And the devotion that this psalmist exemplifies is there there are at least two characteristics of it first of all it was unconditional and we see that in verse 108 where he prays accept the free will offerings of my praise O Lord and teach me your rules better translated judgments. Even in the midst of all of this that was going around on around him, his devotion was unconditional. He didn't care. He said, teach me your rules. I want to know more. And accept my praise as weak as it is, potentially I'm still offering praise to you, which God loves. We're told in the book of Hebrews, he loves offerings of praise from our mouth. And he says in verse 109, I hold my life in my hand continually, which is a a picture of danger. I'm I'm right on the edge, God. Uh, my, my, My life is in... a a state of uncertainty. I don't know what's coming next, but I do not forget your law. So whether he's praising God in the verse right above, or or, um, continually wavering in his uncertainty in the verse below, he does not forget God's law. He still loves it. 
And lastly, not only is that devotion <coughs> conditional, but it is lifelong. It is lifelong. In verse 106, he says, I have sworn an oath and confirmed it, confirmed it to keep your righteous rules, your righteous ways, your righteous commandments, your righteous judgments, the things that you've given by which, by which you would want me to live, and the things that you've decreed that you would want me to know. I've sworn an oath, and that was a very serious thing to do in the culture of the psalmist. I've sworn an oath to keep it. And then lastly, in um, verse, verse 112, the last verse, I incline my heart to perform your statutes how long forever to the end long term devotion and that was the fruit of holy affection so I would I would offer to you again what I believe to tr the truth that only affection for the pro the Bible produces genuine devotion to it. So the questions we have to ask ourselves are, do we have that kind of affection? And first of all, if we do, what does it look like and why do we have it? Do we think, do we have some devotion to the Bible because we think we have to, because we've been told to, because we have an app on our cell phone, because after all someone might see that I'm not reading the whatever Bible reading plan. What is it that keeps us devoted to the Bible? Or do we just plain love what it says? Which is obviously a constant growth process. And then secondly, what, do we lose our devotion and affection to God's word when things get tough? Do we put it down and do other things that distract our minds? Because we're sick of a given struggle we're having. Or do we take that word of God and find our hope in it, our joy in it? And lastly, does the, do we have affection enough to produce that devotion that's long-term, that's all out to the end, not because of any goodness or self-righteousness or such things in us, things which God hates, but out of a genuine, humble love for the Word of God because we love the God of the Word. All of those are questions to probe, and they some of them are virtually inseparable from what we heard this morning. So let's pray and then we'll pray some more. Thank you, God, for your holy scriptures. And we want so much to honor you by 
embracing them and loving you more and more with our hearts and souls and minds and strengths. And we can't do it without your Spirit's work. So bless our time of prayer now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.